Um, now I get to say, yeah, out of the park. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that was really good. Oh, thank you. You, you covered incredibly well the stuff that I overlooked. What John uh, Burke pointed out yeah. in the meeting, you know, because yes, I gave a correct three-step process yeah. of how to get out of this living death. You ha you have to die to self, right? So that you can love others like Jesus did, so that you can truly live. But what John pointed out, rightly so, well, what motivates it? Yeah. And I like your, your term, prep step. It's the prep, the prep step. step. Yeah. It's the love that we have to behold that will motivate us to do all that. To, to die. die to self, to love others like it. Because unless yeah. we're really internalizing, uh, I, I just thought the way you put it, the story you used, oh. uh, the card for your dad, that was just... Yeah. That, that was, was good stuff. That was hard. Good uh, stuff, baby. That's crazy. Yeah, you know... I like that we can still abbreviate it. You know, what's funny is, because I love that love, or uh, die, love, live. It's just another love. It's love, die, love, live, love, die, love, live. That's how it <laughs> well, works. I love, and I love uh, how you pointed out that the Bible talks about a living death. You were yeah. dead in your sins that you lived in. I was so glad because we were talking about it, and we're reading all those scriptures and going, when do I get to say which one is which because he's you know Jesus loves to loves to make see if you're listening you know right by, like, and that's by, used in so many different exactly. ways so when he comes to judge the living and the dead you think you know what that means yeah you better understand all the terms and the way he's using them he, he just Be told you in one scripture you were living and dead you were the living dead so when he says the living dead are you sure he's not just talking about he you might know, be talking about one state? one group of people the group that is living and dead living dead in their sins you know i come to judge because he didn't come to judge those that he uh, is saving through his sacrifice and everybody else is living and dead yeah because they're yeah. living in the they're dead in their sin and they're living in it yep um let's see but then i really liked wait did we give them the number we, did we tell them the number you, you uh, it, during the okay sermon. yeah whatever they can see it they'll figure it out um but then i liked how you went on to say oh which one was it while you're looking for that mm -hmm. i'll say here somebody texted this in because i think this is touching on this and last week, because I think you said something, maybe it was just in Q&A, but they said, would love to see an evil as cancer sermon, because I, I agree, I love, uh, I think we talked about it uh, yeah. last week, where you were saying, you know, like, the doctor hates the cancer, to just hate that cancer, but never the patient, and so I, I do, I agree, okay. I love that stuff. And I just wrote it down, evil no, as cancer sermon. Evil as cancer. And you know what else, you know what goes well with that, is the... Um, there's a mugger analogy that's really good. That, because um, you talk about uh, the evil is cancer and the doctor and Jesus the great physician, but there's also this great analogy about, uh, you know, what do you call a guy that that stabs you and takes your money? You know, a mugger is a bad guy, right? Unless he's the surgeon that's removing the cancer, right? And then right, he's a right, good right. guy, right? But he stabs you and takes your money. <laughs> 
And That's it's right. just this, it's the intention. That's I'm not going to give all the points to that because yeah. we're talking about your sermon, but maybe I'll marry those two things. Yeah. Up, oh, I've always I like liked that. that analogy that of the guy that one. stabs you and takes your money. You know, the really good guy that you, that yeah, yeah, you yeah. wanted to pay so he would stab you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perspective. I mean, this whole, everything we've been talking about lately is that. Okay. Uh, I couldn't find, but, but it was where you went through one of the scriptures and you actively inserted the, the love death thing. Yeah, in this whole beginning. This... Yeah, but I was thinking it was the one with... Uh... <laughs> there it is. It was the Paul one I liked. I've been, I've been crucified uh, with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That, that's a very difficult, seemingly difficult one to understand. You know, I've been, uh, I've been crucified with him. I died with him, and so I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You made it sound so simple when you just added... I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live in death. You know, I don't live in the right. death, but Christ truly lives in me. And the true life, I live in the body. I live by faith. Yeah. That, that scripture has never seemed so clean and simple yeah, to me. Yeah. That was really good. And it's, and it's, and it's tricky because uh, kind of like we were saying, you know, the Bible is, is its best commentary, but it is, it is nuanced. So you have to hear all of the different contexts in which he says something to make sure that you're tracking it correctly. And I, and I'm, you know, never want to say, oh, cause we've got it nailed down because every week we read something else and we go, is that the twist that he's meaning that by? Right. And, and it's, it's, it's fun. But I think everybody doesn't understand is that it is not, uh, and I don't want to say that, it's such a generalization. People do realize this. It's not confusing, it's fun. The same way that you always say, a puzzle. A puzzle is confusing, but it's meant to be fun. It's that same perspective. So when I read things like that, and you get kind of frustrated at the confusing nature of it, of like, am I alive or dead, or how do you mean right. that? You should just say, well, where's the other puzzle piece? And you just lose, do we cancel out? What? Oh, no, still going? Okay. Okay. Mike, cut out. Anyway. Um, we looked at a bunch of the pieces. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, like we put them all together, and you just go, "Oh, well, that's just well, here's what he's saying, yeah, right?" And you get these little. It's when you start to put the, the little pieces together, and you get a chunk of the puzzle, and you go, "Oh, it's this when is you, what it's going to be." It's when you start to realize that the Bible is a puzzle. Yeah, and the pieces are all over, and you just put it together, you know, on the on the wall of your mind, the table of your mind, and yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay, we got a, I got a couple questions. But in? here's a good question that uh, well, I'll just read it. Romans five six through eight. What's the difference between a righteous person and a good person? That you know, uh, rarely will someone die for, a, but for a good person, someone may dare to die. That is a that is a great question, and honestly, I don't have a really good. I do. That's why <laughs> I uh, am under the tutelage of. What do, you got? what do you got for it? Well, let me see. Maybe I'll disagree with you. Okay. <clears throat> Um, a good I disagree. No. See? Okay, go a on. good person is anybody that does good. Mm -hmm. Anybody. Uh, whether they believe in God or not. Mm -hmm. A righteous person who has a, is someone who has a right standing with God. So a righteous person by default will be a good person. They have right standing with God. They do good and they're right with God in their relationship. So a good person isn't necessarily a righteous person. So, you can do so good why, would, why would you be more inclined to 
die for a good person than a righteous person. So like in that scripture where it says, you know, rarely will someone die for a righteous person. For a good person, I think one you're reading it. I, I, I kind of thought you were putting the emphasis on the wrong oh, syllable in yeah. that one. Because I think the righteous is the strongest contrast. I think he, what he's saying is, um, what's, what's the line? Oh, like, so diminishing it. So like, rarely will someone do it for a righteous person. Yeah, for a... So, so rarely will someone do it for a righteous person. Right, right, okay. You know, it's like they're drawing the, okay. that, the contrast. Yet, you know, for you a know, good, but for even a good person, someone So will. what do you think about then, are we talking about in uh, a generalized theory or... No, well, military. Because we don't have, well, I mean, like, we don't have righteous people, right? Like, if no, nobody's righteous, so... When he says, rarely will someone die for a righteous person, who would that be? How would that, what would that look like on earth? Um, someone that has right standing with God in their faith. And that doesn't compromise John the, the Baptist definition. did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll accept it for now. <laughs> we'll fight more later. The disciples did. We can start with them, right? Wow. The, at least 11 of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know. Were they righteous, though? You're, they're quoting an Old Testament verse about the no unrighteous. Jesus came to impart righteousness to us so sure, that we can have a righteous standing with God. Yeah, you're, you know, I, I'm, I'm preaching against myself having preached the week before last, saying you're righteous is the one who is righteous Moses when you're practicing. Righteous. Can we agree practicing. Moses was? Yeah, no, and you are, I and mean, you are, because he who practices righteous. This is what I put up with all week. Is right. Iron blunts iron, depending on how you <laughs> write. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, bu- 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 uh, great message, love the song. Let me read that again. Great message, love the. No, I'm kidding. Uh, love the the great song, message. selfless love of God. Yeah, it's a little switcheroo oh, here. Yeah, did you like that? Because it's normally reckless love of God, and we. All, I don't like the word reckless in there. I can sing it and I can worship with it, but my problem is every time we sing it, I have to explain it to a handful of people who say, "Why are we singing that God is reckless?" Because you think of right. a reckless driver. Right. You wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't want a reckless uh, a guide leading me down the uh, path of the Grand Canyon. Right. And so reckless has like uh, two or three major negative definitions and then one minor definition of selfless, like yeah. no regard for yourself. Yeah. That was in the heart of the person, you know, that is writing and, and why we're singing. And so I talked to Colin between services and I said, well, I had to explain the song again, and I'm really, no, I just, can we, can we just uh, explain, just tell everyone that the way you mean it is selfless, and Colin said, why don't we just go change the word for second service, yeah. I said, serious, can you, and he goes, <laughs> you just sit tight, Yeah. and he came in, he changed it, and then told everyone, I'm singing, so I, I love, because everything that's in that these, song, hey, this is, that's an incredible song, other than the word rack. Yeah, they, uh, they said they, they loved the uh, selfless love of God. Uh, the message really showed how deliberate his love is toward us, even in our sin. Ain't nothing reckless about that. And, <laughs> and I agree. Um, you know, nothing it, reckless uh, according to the first two major definitions right. of reckless. Anything yes. that includes foolishness, right? Because that's, that's out. Right. That's not what we're saying here. But I get that, you know, me and Colin talked a little bit about that, that sort of, you know, the 99 over here one, and, you know, the message you had last week or the week before where it's like his sights are so set See, on you. But that's not reckless. It's not foolish. No, it's not- but the problem is we don't have a word for what this person wants to communicate. Right. Because selfless really isn't it. It's 
it's the yes, there is selfless. There's all kinds of selfless. I like your fearless, also fearless, oh, fearless. and selfless. But uh, it's like a, a father, a mother, you know, r- running out into the traffic for their kid, and knowing I'm going to get hit by the car, but I see I can make it to them and get them out of the way. It, it's not that they're foolish and not thinking about something. It's that they are so aware of something, like they're thinking. They don't the most care about, about their own their right. own bodily damage, which is the definition of what Jesus did on the cross. Yes. And so fearless, selfless. I like the history of John after Patmos. Wasn't that fun? I love yeah. that. I loved you bringing that up because yeah. we never it? talk about those old stories, but these are things well documented from largely venerated. And I get, you know, uh, they said, uh, let me finish this real quick. They said, where did that come from? I would like to read more of that stuff. Couldn't agree more. And now here's the delicate part is because there's so many books. <laughs> I made are, it up. <laughs> that, are, that are like, well, you know, is, is it venerated? Can we trust it? Can we not? Not as scripture, but. Not, not as scripture. Exactly. And, um, but. But I was saying, I've just, I've just kind of fallen in love with it, these early church fathers, because it's undisputed that they knew them. You know, like right. Polycarp or, you know, so uh, who, Ignatius. So who are the two so that the wrote two, those? We had Clement of Alexandria, or two guys tell the story, Clement of Alexandria and Eusebius. And we all, we all have no problem with Eusebius in general in the Christian church. We cite a lot of our church history from him because he was that guy. Um, and Clement of Alexandria is, uh, again, well-respected and everything uh, by all the people around him and to this day. And they're telling the story in the context of, like, let us just keep this story alive because it's true. And like, they we each, know these And they guys. each tell it separately but tell the yeah, same and story. They, and, they, and, I mean, so when we're talking, um, uh, I think it's Clement of Alexandria... Uh, we're like the age where I could ask my grandpa about it. You know, and be like, did John really do that? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I knew John, and it really happened. Right, right. So that's, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, and you got these the guys who were disciples, di- first, disciples of the disciples, and then yeah. disciples of the disciples of the disciples. That's about where right. we stop keeping track. <laughs> right. But, but even at that level, it's like, and I'm a disciple of the guy who is discipled by the Big Twelve. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's so. that's a cool thing. I mean, I. Yeah. I, I again, we don't. So treat I really it as like scripture, you. but it's uh, you know we're we're told that these things help elucidate. Well, we some tell scripture. stories. We tell all kinds of historical stories about the Romans and stuff, and those stories are sometimes less documented than these. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed that, and I like how you personalized it. Uh, saw yourself in it and shared that note. Uh, that you wrote. Do you remember what you were trying to get from your dad when you wrote that note? I know it was something that was so ridiculous, I am sure. It is just a, hey, can I stay out late? Because, you know... And then I'll owe you everything. Yeah, (laughs) that is such... uh, I I wanted to go sleep with the pigs. You know, I just wanted to go do something that I'm like, I don't care, give me my inheritance. I'm that guy. I was so that, and it was so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing, which is why this thing is so... Touching. Touching. It's like, I, I can't believe how embarrassing that is from this perspective and then knowing that my dad had that perspective. He saw how embarrassing I was being right then and, and was still just it. like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Love you, Dad. It's his birthday today. Oh. It's his birthday. Happy so, birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. Love you. Thank you so much. How many much. miles he got on him now? 71, I think. Ah, uh, 71,000 miles. 71,000 miles. Okay. Um, any more questions there? Um, a couple, somebody said, when doing a puzzle, start with the four corners. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh-huh. Four corners on a puzzle, four books, one story. 
Um, my shoe is untied. No, it isn't. <laughs> nice. You got me, though. Um, beep, boop, bop, boop, beep, boop. So we're falling in love because of divisiveness over things like masks. What are you saying about masks? Do we wear them or not to please Jesus? Point taken, because this was a thing that like, I, I kind of heard that same. You know, that's, it's the divisiveness of masks, not the masks. We Stop being divisive to please we, Jesus. We did this whole disputable matters a month or so, or longer than that, to tackle kind of that question that I thought you did a really good job with that was really eye-opening to me was... Um, well, the very nature, master. yeah, the very nature of this argument just goes to show that hearts are not in the right place on both sides. And forever, this, if you think that you are in the position of, you know, having more scriptural knowledge and understanding, then it's on you. The onus is on you to make that um, uh, concession or find that, that self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. And the fact that we see two sides that are unwilling to back down is what's really the problem here is that like right or not right whichever side you're on is not the issue it's the the idea that that we're not doing the fundamental principle which is to love in a sacrificial across enemy lines way which means uh if you believe very strongly you should wear a mask you should be able to get along wonderfully and show all kinds of love to the person in the church who believes very strongly you shouldn't. Right. You should love each other. Now, that doesn't mean you won't discuss the subject and won't have strong opinions, but it does mean you'll respect and you'll love. Right. Yes. And so, and that's, I don't think Jesus cares if you wear the mask or not. He cares about what your heart is doing. A hundred percent. And so those things, the politics, policies, the Facebook arguments, the, everything that's going on everywhere is really doing a disservice to the image of Jesus's love because we're supposed to be representing that. What would that look like? You know, in the body of the church, of his believers, what would that look like? Well, it's not cattiness and, you know, <laughs> Fighting and, and told you so's or anything because you could be right, you could be wrong. Either way, it is not about that, but and it's, it's about getting the mutual edification of the body as the whole. And if you if you have a told you so in your heart or anything, <clears throat> then you're not there. And, it and looks it's not bad. an it's not a leaving your church because I found a church where they everyone there wears a mask. Everyone there doesn't wear I, a mask. I tell like, you. Well, then that's a bad church because. You can't show the world the love that they'll know us by our love for each other. Yeah. But if you find a place where you're all alike, Jesus said, even the tax collectors do that stuff where they get together in their own little group and love each other. We're called to be extremely different. Right. So that we can love each other so that the world can behold. I really like that at the end of yours when you talk about so that we become something the world can behold. Because it would blow your mind. And it's not foreign, even that part. Like, that's the idea. That's why we're called the family, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that's a bunch of wacky people in your family that come together and stay unified in spite of those differences, you know? Anyway, so, yeah, I, I mean, I understand it. It's, it'll never have those absolute answers for things that fall under the category of the disputable matters. Um, anyway, okay. Okay, when you said... Um it's by design that we behold the love of Jesus to be changed 
into something for the world to behold and be changed by, and you said that's a chain reaction. You should have said a change reaction. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, but that was the line I really liked. It's by design that we behold the love of Jesus to be mm. changed into something for the world to behold and be changed by. That's that. Isn't it? I isn't like it? That. And it's so simple. Everything. I'm going to star that so Ooh, I can look at it this week. Asterisk. Um, it's so it's so funny how all of those great grand truths that seem profound are just really simply understood by a kindergartner. You know, it's just he changes us so that. We can change so that everybody gets changed. It's just how the plan works. And it's so elegantly simple and so incredibly effective and so necessary. And I, uh, I just... Also, I'm going to have to go look this up. Uh, you've got me going here. First John 3, 1. Behold what country of love the Father has bestowed on us. You know, you said it's like a foreign country. What country? Yeah. It immediately makes me think of what I was reading in uh, Hebrews a couple weeks ago about they were looking uh, for a country. They called themselves foreigners that's right in this world because they were looking for a country of their own which god has made for them in heaven because hmm. they're looking for that's why they call themselves foreigners jesus says, i never knew you i'm sorry you were a that's funny a yeah that's interesting I, actually you were a foreigner to me wow uh huh and now i'm thinking of you know like david when he cries out to god and he gets uh, a big life change where he, he cries out to god i'm a foreigner I'm yeah. a foreigner, and then God heard that prayer and turned and came yeah, down yeah. and spoke to him. It's like, hmm, foreigners. Well, which is true. I mean, if if we are, you know, but I, aliens but, on right, you know, down here. So the so the word country really makes sense there. They're looking for a different country, a country of their own that God's going to yeah. give them. Oh, then what country of love the fathers be? Is that the country they're looking for? The country of love. <laughs> Oof. I like that. Ooh, fun. Well, mm -hmm. and that's why we're foreigners and strangers to the world because we're not going to love as the world loves. Right, right. So well, I really like stuff. that. Also, when you were talking about how great God's love is, um, you know, because he, Jesus loved us while we were yet sinners, and <coughs> excuse me, and before that, the sacrificially the sacrificial love that he sent his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. And something I've never really heard before, uh, you know, because we feel a little weird that God showed his love by sending his son to die. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you go down and die yeah. for him. Well, wouldn't it have shown more love if he himself came down and died? It's like, no, think about it. If God's trying to show the ultimate love, mm -hmm. you take a good, loving father and his son that he loves, his only son, and they're going into a dangerous situation where there's who knows what out somewhere. Yeah. Dangerous animals in a jungle or dangerous people in an alley. I don't know. Uh, he, he will throw himself in harm's way so his son won't be hurt. Right. Take me. You know, we're going to take it. Take me. Take me. And so I was just thinking about it today that, boy, there is... When you realize God is all love, there's nothing in his sending of his son of not love. Not like he's getting out of something. Right, right, right. It speaks to an even greater love I've never really contemplated. You don't think God wanted to come instead of his son? Right. 
But it had to be this way because he had to show the greatest possible love, which is to allow his mm. son to go. Mm -hmm. His only, and and those are spiritual. Those are earthly terms that allow us to understand, you know, and the, the impossible. The impossible. But yeah. nonetheless, he's saying. So I created, you know, families and sons and fathers so that you could understand this. Yeah, get a, a peek at the gravity. And of so. That stuff. It, you caused me to think that that's the first time I've realized that, yeah, by sending his son, that's an even greater love. Right. Because he's all love, which means he would have wanted to not send his son and come himself. Right. So, oh. Okay. The depths, right? Yeah. I mean, that is the truth. Is It is foreign. That's If anything, that's... That beholding this whole thing is just to get the like how little the fringes of his ways you see right like mm -hmm. I just I go oh wow he really loves me and look at the stuff that he wants for me and all that and that's the tip of the iceberg of the stuff that you haven't seen if you would just sit down and take it in take you it know in. and we need to take it in okay anything else I think that that's probably a good spot to excellent stop right job there. this morning thank you very much it was a fun it was a good one it, it felt good it's just this week and working on this stuff has just made me feel so close to everyone I just went I, I'm, I'm close. I want to love everybody because I get it. You know, like I just I feel it. I'm just beholding cool. it. Very so cool. anyway, love you guys. Thanks love for sticking around. We will see you next week. Hopefully. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.